Okay, today's episode, we jump into sexism and Me Too, and we wind up talking about some fairly heavy sexual assault and rape issues, and this makes us uncomfortable enough that we cuss quite a bit too. So trigger warning both for parents listening who are upset by their kids cussing in a podcast and for people not necessarily wanting to listen to a rehash of sexual assault and rape. I also listen to the intros of everything else just about, because those are pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's basically me and you laughing. (laughs) That is funny. I like the sound of that. Oh, God. This is where the party ends. I can't stand here listening to you and your racist friend. I know politics for you, but I feel like a hypocrite talking to you and your racist friend. Welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. I'm Don Griffin. And I'm Amy McKees. And let's talk about how these start. It usually starts <laughs> sometime in the morning. This time it was at 8.58 and it started with a text saying, want to make a podcast? <laughs> and I'm like, sure, let's make a podcast. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. Yeah. You doing okay? I'm doing okay. All right. So what are we talking about today? Well, we are starting our little journey into intersectionality. I mean, I think we talk about that, but we're going to aim toward that. So today we were going to talk about sexism. Okay. And also how that intersects with racism. Okay. We can bring racism in there. Like we got the, we've got, you know. We've, we've got, got a, the ingredients. Yeah, we've got the ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> we're ready to go. We're ready, ready to bake. All right. So, so it started we right before this we were talking about this and you started by saying a sentence that started with not that i'm defending bill cosby (laughs) oh nice and i re and i was like oh stop talking (laughs) but then the point that you made i hadn't considered it is interesting maybe we should tell the audience what the point is share your point cosby is what the thing what cosby did is a terrible thing and and so there's not not a but about that uh, however, and however, it's just a fancy butt. Yeah, just a <laughs> fancy butt. But w- I think we are recognizing that there are not a there, there were several men that were, were have have been caught doing the same thing that Cosby has been doing, and he's really the only one in jail. We're, we're, there's a lot of white, older white gentlemen who have had the same issues, but they there's no jail time for them. And, yeah. and and sometimes there's uh, sometimes they become presidents or even in K- Kavanaugh's case, they're Supreme Justice. Mm-hmm. Now we can't necessarily say. I mean, we, we we don't know all the things that Kavanaugh has done. Right, we're just guessing based on 
it, it just it's just where it all leads yeah it's just it's just interesting <laughs> the that, it's that, going, that but... the the poster boy for the me too mo- uh, movement ends up being a black man that's all but i don't well i don't even think of it when i think of me too and this might be like my own like racism and my own like centering of my experience okay but i don't even think of cosby because i think of him as i don't know it felt like he, <laughs> felt like he was bad enough at it that everybody knew that was happening for a long time like we all knew this was but weinstein and all the others i mean do we know i didn't know i had never i hadn't really heard of weinstein really well i don't hang out in hollywood <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean but uh, yes yeah, so, i mean there are a lot of men of power that the regular folks don't hear about but yet they control things yeah and i, I don't know if you saw this week that there was a like a comedy hour and there were three women comics and they had invited Harvey Weinstein and given him like the special people table. Purposely? Yeah. Not these women didn't. Like the owners of the comedy hour place did. Thought it would, would was a good idea to bring Yeah, on. let's okay. let's bring on and and these three comedians each I think they all got booed and kicked out. What I keep thinking when I you know, because the little video clips of it have been all over Twitter and I keep thinking about speaking out loud and how really what Me Too marked and still marks is the time when women stop hiding out of protection. Like I've given a lot of thought to my reactions to Me Too because Mm. I was, um, I put Me Too when it went around because it felt like it would be simpler just to ask people who hadn't been harassed or assaulted or somehow impacted by male sexual aggression to mark themselves because there'd be so many fewer women. Right? Oh, there's fewer women that have not been. Right. Like oh, me too. Absolutely. Who hasn't? Right. Is what I kept yes, thinking. Yeah. Um, but I put me too and it became clear that part of what was going to happen is that we were going to start talking about it. And before that, it was always a thing that you talked about with other women, some other women, not all women, mm-hmm. but but you would talk to your, at least for me, I would talk to my close friends about it. Particular, and, you know, like in college, the people I lived with, we would talk about it particularly in terms of steer clear from a party at that guy's house or, oh, you, he's already been drinking, you don't want to go, or we all need to watch that that girl over there because this guy's, yeah, you know. Um, so we talked about it in that way, and I think I would have come home to a roommate once or twice and been like, wow, you know, I hate it when my boss grabs my butt when I walk through the kitchen but I wouldn't have like I wouldn't have talked about it. I don't think it, it's outside a, of that. Don't you think it's amazing how much when when you start talking out loud the things that you were just that you normalized? Yeah. You know that this yeah. stuff was when I look at the eighties and you know just what yeah. was going. You know the, even the whole Kavanaugh thing when they're talking about things that you know that. Oh, this was just okay, you know. It or was, you watch, yeah. or you watch a John Hughes mo- movie, and you're like, "Wow, this is sexist. This is racist. This is, and this is things that I thought 
We're wonderful. We're wonderful. And now I'm sitting here watching it with my kid in different eyes. And I'm like, oh, I hate Ferris Bueller. Let's turn this shit off. You know Ferris what I mean? Bueller? Or, or, or Breakfast Club. I mean, uh, Breakfast Club. How, how, are, how are you going to have a, a, a Saturday detention with no black people? <laughs> That's how racist John Hughes is. That he could never, the only time he could ever put black people or, or, any, or, or people of color or, or Indian or, or uh, Mexican or Ch- Chinese or Asian mm-hmm. is when they were going to be a joke. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You know, uh, it just, uh, you know, just if, if you watch that with a black friend, if you have one. I have one. You do have one. <laughs> By the end, you're going to be saying, you're going to look at me and say, hey, I'm really sorry for that. I really, <laughs> I, I thought this was funny, but it's <laughs> not now. Um, all right, all right, I'm going to look at you and say, okay, that, like some movies that I thought were just h- hilarious. Uh-huh. And I'm going to sit there with you and I'm going to say, wow, that was really sexist. Yeah. That wasn't funny. Why did that guy grab her butt and why did we all laugh? Yeah. You know, why is Porky's funny? Why why did we watch that? I mean, I I to be fair, I didn't cuz I didn't well, like it. I watched a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many things like that that just no. Yeah. So yeah. I hate that for you. I hate that. Well, and that and I think it was about safety. And I think it still is about safety, and that's something that I think sometimes goes unnoticed in the Me Too conversations is that even with people saying, no, this is okay, we, we want to hear about it, we want to talk about it, we got to pull these things into the light, it's hard and it sucks and it's scary because women over the years have figured out how to stay safe-ish through acquiescence, through like just not pissing people off, through you know making sure you're sending the right signals. You know, I keep thinking of this psychiatrist that, I worked with many years ago that when I first started, the other women therapists told me, if you want him to do anything, you have to wait a week. First week, you ask a question about it, but but make it really sort of vague and then don't follow up or argue about it. Just let, let it get into his head. And then the next week, when you meet with him, you say, remember last week when you said that you thought we should give Don an antipsychotic? And then he'd be like, oh, I did? <laughs> and he'd say, okay. But we couldn't, like, directly ask mm-hmm. as women and also as not doctors. because, And that's also gendered, too. That's not just... I'm a little bit worried that I'm hurting y'all or that you're not that hurting. You think no, it's... we need to talk about this stuff. I mean... And, I'm and, and overreacting. The reason I'm looking at Kevin is because I, I... They really are smarter than us. <laughs> You know that, right? And they really are, as far as planning out things. The fact that you guys figured out this guy like that. I, I, but you've had to do these things for generation after generation after generation to, to, to get ahead or even survive. Well, and there's that, there's the trope that, you know, behind every good man is a woman doing everything. I don't remember how the saying actually goes, yeah, but that's what it means. It doesn't even have to be a saying. It's the truth. <laughs> but, but... <laughs> But that's, you know, that's, there's a reason for that. 
that, you know, if you want to get things done, I, I think partly from socialization, partly from the reality, many women are willing to not get the credit as long as the thing that they want to happen happens. Happens. It's one thing that actually has become more clear to me while we've had these conversations is we'll have them and then I'll realize that you and I are doing a lot of the same things. We are doing a lot of the same things. And 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 I think there's different folks in different camps, whether it's women, whether it's people of color, whether, you, you know what I'm saying? That, mm-hmm. that we're all fighting the same monster. Yeah. And we're all being, yeah, just to survive, we have to learn little tricks. But um, then... Just to survive, sometimes we knock the other people who are also trying to survive out of the way. I don't know if we're knocking if we're knocking each other out of the way. I just think we're trying to we're, we're maybe we're on a mission to, you know, first you save your family, then you save your people, and then maybe hopefully you try to save other people. You know, maybe maybe you do realize okay, I, I think maybe you're just trying to save your your, your own. Well, in which case we need to broaden who our people are. Exactly. We by have to a lot. Start, t- start talking. And, because, and, yeah. And maybe that's what, like, what we're doing and what uh, what other folks are doing. We're trying to break that, the idea that we each have silos. If we real, real, all realize that we're fighting the same monsters and we're fighting the same, trying to get rights for each other. So it's so funny. You hear people that are against this kind of stuff talk about, that we're trying to take away their rights to exist. Mm-hmm. And we're not trying to take their rights to exist. We just want what they have. We want right. we want everybody to have the, 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 the yeah. same rights, the equal footing. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen for women yet right now. That doesn't happen for people of color. And and within women, it works differently too between, you know, different, yes. I guess, categories of women. But, you know, with... Uh, more masculine presenting women or with women of color with, you know, there's class in it too. Like the way that we describe women and the motivations that we attribute to them. It's likely if you went like in the Me Too movement and sort of, and really looked around at some of these cases, you would find that there were white women who told each other about the dangers in that house over there, but then who would be comfortable with people who don't, who aren't in their group calling them sluts if they Hmm. got on the wrong side of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's where like the, this rush for safety that is, you know, basic, like I want safety, everybody wants safety, Mm -hmm. but if we're not really paying attention, then we miss the parts where we are the ones putting people in danger. Sure. This is a hard one for yeah, me. Yeah, for everyone, but tell yeah. me more about yours. No, no, in the sense that I need to know more about what you go through as a woman. And I actually don't know all the questions to ask, and I don't know the right questions to ask or how to ask them. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not even sure myself i know that um some things that have happened over the last decade maybe mm-hmm. that have made me feel like 
a lot of the things that I wouldn't say out loud very often, like I could say them without alienating people <laughs> or being judged or being judged. Like, uh, and, and one of the markers of that for me was watching Samantha B around the 2016 election because I hadn't heard my innermost rage get spoken like on late night TV, like it was real. Mm-hmm. If me too had happened before the debate where Trump came up behind Clinton like he was stalking her. And that, for some reason, that night is really burned into my memory oh, of that. Man, that pissed me off so badly. And it, it, didn't get, it didn't get enough traction. People didn't under, it's like And people didn't understand because it, that happened and I got up from the room and we, you know, we just have our, wherever we live, our living room and kitchen are all like one thing because we, we like to all plop mm-hmm. down together. So I, I didn't feel like I really had any place to go, but I went into our kitchen and I just sat down on the floor because I, like, I had so much clarity at that moment watching him do that, that no matter what, we hadn't made the kind of progress that that we had to make to, like, if there was a chance that she would win, it, it, everything would get worse. <laughs> like, the backlash against her winning would have been just as bad. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, oh. in a sense... I, I guess maybe you're right in the sense that we're getting a backlash from a black president. Yeah. Having a black president. Right. You know, and, and we thought that everyone was ready for it. And they they really weren't. There's a lot of people that weren't. And we're still, you know, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't happen. Right. Damn it. I mean, that that doesn't mean progress shouldn't happen. We need to know where we're at so that we can get better. Well, and that's, and that was it. I didn't feel like there, I didn't, I remember sitting there and I wanted to come back into the living room and say, I want to turn it off. I need to watch something different. I need to. It hurt you. It it, it was, fucked you up that badly. It was awful. It was awful. Like I get teary. I don't know why that particular moment, but it just, to me, felt like I lost all hope right at that moment. And I didn't feel like I could come back in and say that because I didn't want to be unreasonable. And it felt unreasonable to me to be so sensitive, which is what, you know, women get told about their emotions all the time. Um, And I didn't want to be sensitive and I didn't want to be difficult. They call it butt hurt now. But I didn't want to be butt hurt. Yeah. (laughs) However hurt. And you got to remember, you know what, you know why that this isn't just an everyday woman. This is one of the most powerful women ever on earth. And it didn't matter. And it, like, didn't it did fucking not matter. matter. You had this asshole. Excuse my language. I am going to say that. He is. I, Trump I think is an that's asshole. fair. I don't it, think it, it counts it, as cussing if it, you're calling it. it, it and, and he wasn't even president. This is a no nobody. And he's treating our Madam Secretary of State and... Uh, our, our our former first lady like she's nothing mm-hmm. but that stuff happens all the time I mean think about how he refers to Barack Obama even when he was president and how he would try to diminish him mm-hmm. they've made me saying me too 
they've made that into an evil thing. Yeah. They've made that into, they've tried to make that into a joke. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and, I, and to an extent, they get some traction, but it was too big to put it back. And now, you know, I still know, like, I have got, I don't know, maybe people that I knew in college or high school that will tell me that they are not, that, you know, the Me Too uh, movement is making it somehow it's hurting their daughters because now they're going into the world with a victim mindset or, um, but what I think when I read those comments is I don't really care what that guy is saying because that means that his daughter is hearing this and is hearing that there are women standing up and saying, I don't like it when you do this, stop it. Which is like a basic four-year-old skill mm-hmm. that that women have had to stuff for a long time, yep. right? Yep. You don't get to say, I don't like that, stop it. I mean, we do now, to an extent. And I think that's what Me Too is all about, is being able to be out loud. Being able to yell when Harvey Weinstein shows up while you're doing a a bit. You know, you've got your moment. This is really exciting. And you look out and there's fucking Harvey Weinstein. Like, What the hell Jesus. are you doing here? Yeah. yeah. Why Why are you still out? <laughs> why are you still living At like the very kid? least, he should be embarrassed enough not to go out in public. Like, at the very least, can't we just shame him enough that he doesn't go flop his... Yeah, exactly. Body around places. How, now, how do you... Now, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And I've told... I think we... You're my friend, so I've told you that. Mm-hmm. My abuser was a woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I was nine years old or, you know, mm-hmm. she was 30-something. And I don't feel... I don't feel that I can tag on to the Me Too movie as a man. I, because mm-hmm. of women's, all the suffering women have gone through, it's something that, you know, yes, it happens to, to, to men a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a common, you know, I've got two sisters that could probably tell you dozens of stories. I've got a mom, same thing. I, I have two great grandmothers who they were uh, conceived because of uh, 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 because of rape um, yeah. because they were you, you know they're um, it doesn't make yours not real or not painful it doesn't but I, I almost think that should be a us too movement or something I, us I don't too know. I mean like <laughs> uh, you know we want to support you and we know that it's it's there's not as many there are women monsters out there let's let's be there there are but it's not. It's not baked in. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, there's institutional racism, but there's also institutional sexism that my experience, I don't think, equals. Does that make sense? Or does it? I I hear what you're saying. What I'm wondering, though, as you're talking, is I'm thinking you mentioned, like, an adult. And you were a kid. And, And sexual assault and rape and really all of this is about power. It's about power, and, and part of the reason that men perpetuate it more is because men have more power. Mm-hmm. And 
And how you keep your power is by showing it to people. And this is a really, I think, possibly satisfying way <laughs> to show your power to people is to take advantage of the people that have less power. Mm -hmm. And a kid and a grown-up, the kid does not have that much power. Yeah. I think where it gets dangerous is the like the alt-right uh, incel oh, stuff yeah. about, you know, like women are abusing me by being attractive or or whatever it is that they think women are doing yeah the whole nice guy I, i'm a really nice guy i don't know why these women don't see me for that yes yeah They're even evil. like the term yeah friend zone is yeah that's an interesting i i didn't know that was a phenomenon until a couple of weeks ago I, i'm a little bit behind. you just heard about friend zoning no the the friend zoning the in the incel incel and yeah yeah that's that's bizarre. But now that I've that, you know, I've got people on Facebook saying, you know, you know, I'm 50 years old and when's the, you know, women just need to, they always are asking for a nice guy. And here I am. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I, I think I saw and one I, of those threads, actually. It and I want to say, yeah, yeah, but you're kind of <laughs> weird, dude. <laughs> well, <laughs> and not... yes. And, <laughs> and sort of lording around this, I'm a nice guy, like, because you don't hurt people when you go out you deserve to be sexually rewarded yeah. which i'm sorry to say is just not the reality it is not the reality uh, uh, yeah so terry cruz uh he's a big dude he's yeah. extremely he's an old smart. spice guy yeah he's old <laughs> he's extremely smart always known as this you know bodybuilding dude and he can play the mean guy, but he also can, he's 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 pretty funny. He's yeah. a, everybody hates Chris. He was the dad on that. Yeah. Um, but then he also uh, I can't think of the other movies he's been in, but he's played bullies. He's played. Yeah. He's got a great range, but apparently, he was one of the first men to step out and say, in Hollywood, I've been, uh, you know, a man has came up to me, a uh, producer. And uh, and touched me inappropriately, like intentionally, like grabbed him. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if it was by the butt or actually by the uh, Junk. Johnson. Yeah. Um, and and he talks about how that that affected him. So I'm going to put on my black hat. You you can't take off your I black can't hat. Take off my black hat. <laughs> but any more than I can put on a man hat. No, no, no. But uh, uh, you know, historically, African Americans have been uh, are are sexualized, not not just the women, but also the men. And so this guy is big, and you think there's no way I'm gonna, you know, hopefully, like you wouldn't think that he would be assaulted, but yet. It's power. It's, it's still a power. power. It was. Thing. I'm sure it's someone more powerful than him because you don't, you don't do that to someone who's more powerful than you. So you, you okay? You want to? But I have you ever heard of this term called bucking? We want to get when to a that. horse knocks you off. No, man. It when when uh, this is sad. So I'm gonna. Talk, okay. uh, talk about this. All right, we can do so a when, range of emotions. When they brought the slaves over, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. They would take the the head guy, the the biggest, the mm-hmm. the leader. They take the leader, and they would take his arms, strap him down. Mm-hmm. They would strap his legs. They would have everyone in the village or whatever around and they would sodomize him in front of everyone else in front if you were a the, a black leader a bull mm-hmm. is what they called because we hey we, we were just animals they that's what they would do to put you in your place and make sure that everyone knew who had the power well, that would be effective. And this is, they, they, this is, this was, you understand what I'm saying? This is part of the handbook. This isn't like something that just happened every once right, in a while. Right, it wasn't just like Lord of the Flies. No, 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 no. This happened. is, this, so that the, the masters, they'd have, they'd have guys that would do this. And when I say, they'd rape them. Yeah. Continuously in front of all the other black people so that they knew this guy cannot save you. He's your most powerful and he can't he do it. He can't do it. And so um, there is a built-in cultural hate towards homosexuality within the black community that, that stems from that happening. Hmm. And so that's kind of that's kind of what we're, why why our community struggles sometimes with with that. Mm-hmm. It has historically. I think we're doing a better job of of saying that was a power thing. We are who you have, we're learning, but if you are who you are, you, that's that's fine. But what I'm saying, but there is that still built-in struggle. Mm-hmm. You you and I, I, if you've never heard, have you have you guys ever heard of that? No, no. It's something that they do not. They don't put in the. Uh, and I'm <laughs> furious. I mean, because I, I had college-level history classes. They can talk about it then, at least, if they feel like they can't... You know, like, my memory of being taught about slavery and the slave trade... And, and I think that then you and I would have, like, taken the same classes in high school and done the same projects in elementary school. And, it, and, I, and I think of the Me Too movement, and I think of how I have to... And before that, a big part of functioning was just to put yourself away. This is something I think about all the time that, oh, I'm going into this meeting. I'm going to put myself away so that I don't make too much noise, so that I don't rock the boat or uh, be shrill or whatever. And how it would be to be in a classroom where you're being taught that it's bad. I mean, of course, it's bad. Like no one was saying it was good. At least I don't remember hearing that it was good here in Bloomington and the schools I went to. No, not never good, but Gone with the Wind is one of the most but famous movies ever. Conflicted would be more like yes. what I would hear. You know, like like there were some slaves <laughs> that really liked it uh-huh. because they had people like the beautiful Scarlett O'Hara. Uh-huh. And that some of the boats were crowded, some. but not awful. It was only some of the boats that were really, really bad. Oh, no. And some of the masters didn't 
use whips or they were only mean to the outside slaves. Like this, this kind of, uh, yeah, you lived in the house. You were doing great. No, you weren't. Like I said, my two of my great grandmothers that they, and I didn't know this until maybe this summer. I, I had never thought about it. I had never asked my dad about, you know, about my grandmother and you know it was, it was like hey I, I hear about grandmother's great grandmother's mom but what about the dad mm-hmm. he's like well the dad was you know he was the master and got you know your great great grandmother pregnant and it's like wow and mm-hmm. it, it, it really hit me I think it really hit it honestly it hit me there for I'm, I'm probably still struggling with it a little bit in the sense that I didn't realize it was that close. You always hear about it. You know what I'm saying? You always hear mm-hmm. like, yeah, in the way, 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 way in the back, like a long, long time ago, slave masters would, they would rape mm-hmm. uh, uh, black women on the, it, it, it seemed like something far away. Mm-hmm. But I knew my great grand, I, I knew one of my great grandmothers because she died at, I think, 103, 104 Oh my God. Yeah, so I loved her. Wow, you know, I saw her cool. all the time, you know? She had very long hair. She's beautiful, light complected like me. Uh-huh. But I never, I never assumed that she was part white. I just never, it just never occurred to me. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know how I got on that subject. Because we're, we're talking about sexism, but we're also talking about. Well, and I was thinking if you're learning this in class and you're getting this romanticized version, this sanitized, romanticized version of the slave trade that in order to function in a school in southern Indiana, you would have to put yourself away. Yes. All the time. Yeah. All the time. And you had to block out what the people were saying to you while things were going on. Like, like if, they're, if you're in social studies class and they're showing uh, Africa, they're, you know, that's mm-hmm. the only naked people that we ever see. It, <laughs> In right, middle school and right. high school, uh, uh, in class, and they're naked people, and, and they're black, and you have people behind you saying, "There's Don's mom," you oh, know, Jesus. or you know, just and they're laughing, and so the whole classroom is laughing. And you're just like, "Shut up, guys!" Just and you're just like, "We're, we're just going to keep going." Like, there are things that you have to put aside when thing when 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 shit's going on. Yeah. Same with with. You know, do you remember having to dress up a certain way for going to Honey Creek? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that. I, no, I was pretending oh, I was Laura Ingalls Wilder. I, I know, but you, you know, why could I looked you? a lot like Half Pint. I could why, pull it off. I, yes, you definitely could. But I mean, why couldn't you get put some bib overhauls on? I mean, no, they wanted you to be in a bonnet and remember that and girls yeah, had to yeah, do yeah. certain things you guys had to sit around and do cursive and mm-hmm. the guys had to go out and like chop wood or not, not chop wood maybe we we churned butter or something remember i i don't i i i this is making me think of anne of green gables which was like my favorite book then and that uh-huh. and what that's about is those times but it's a girl who won't have it yeah and can't conceive of why she should have it that way. Like, it doesn't even make sense to her. So she just does her thing. And But what I'm seeing here 
is like this combination of of hurt people hurt people and that we hurt each other in trying to stay safe and that particularly marginalized people have parts of ourselves that we have to put away or that we were trained to put away that maybe now we we're trying not to put away authenticity authenticity I, I keep going back to I just I think it's fairly common for women to have an experience at some point in their early adulthood, late adolescence, all, you know, on up, but just depending on how your life shakes out, where a man grabbed you between the legs, like, I think, like, it, I know it's happened to me, and I didn't, like, I didn't allow it to be a thing, because I knew that was, like, the ultimate a bigger version of putting myself away. You know, that it wouldn't be, no one would care. Like, who's going to care if I said this happened? There's a weariness that that happens when, that when men are like, someone grabbed me and it's, and it's big news. Hmm. I think. I don't think. All right. We're talking about Terry. I don't think, I think the big news was that he actually said something. Yeah. Because. Do you think men, does that happen to men? It, I, I'll be honest. And I'd like to talk to other victims because I don't know if predators can sense that you're a victim. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know how that works. Uh, but yes, it's happened to me. I mean, I went to school. My, my college was eight to one women to men. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a that's a big number if you think about it eight to one yeah uh, women to men and so there were instances where and I learned real quick like what to wear and because you could and and to cross the street because if you were walking on the same side of the street with a group of a group of girls passed you by you might get tapped on the butt or pinched real quick or you oh get God. whistled at when you walk into the cafeteria there may be a night that a group of girls is sitting right there waiting for guys to come in and they've got cards that tell you they give you a score of yeah. what, how you look I, I laugh about it now but it was it was a it was like a bizarre world and mm-hmm. what i realized though is that women I was there for the, you know, my three and a half years. That's all. I just had to deal with it then. Whereas this is something that women go through all the time. They get whistled at all the time. Mm -hmm. They don't, you understand what I'm saying? They could be walking past a a group of guys. I got to live with that for a little bit. Well, and maybe that's an example of what I kept trying to get at last week too, that we just... A lot of times when we're hit with these problems, we think of how we're going to solve them in the wrong way. Like it becomes something about equal suffering or eye for an eye justice, right? And so, and there's something that like when you describe that, I can see it in like a movie where uh, a man suddenly has to find out what it's like to be a woman and, and they play it for laughs. Yeah. And and I can see that it wouldn't necessarily be funny. That was just Hampton. I mean, that's and it probably still is Hampton. It's, I think it's eleven to one now. <laughs> but you were getting back 
I, I don't want to ignore what you said before I went on my tangent about the fact that he was able to say something and it became big news. Well, and I'm, because, and I'm you're glad saying he that, did. But like, you're saying because if women say things, maybe it's because it's so common with women. It, it does feel common. And maybe what's uncommon about him is that he's talking about it. Because maybe part of what, what what's missing in this conversation is that people with mo- more power assault people with less power mm-hmm. in all the different combinations of that. I think there's an element of like really wanting justice so that we, we want to make sure that ours is bad enough that we're going to get justice. And when like as a white woman, like railing about sexism, when someone comes to me and says, but you know that women of color have it a lot worse, right? I know, I, I'm there now. Like, I, I'm there. But it took me a little bit. Like, I wanted to think, no, no, we're the same. We're all women. And it's rough for all of us. And I'm going to have my moment of justice here. Don't try to take that away from me by telling me I'm a white oppressor. And that way of thinking, that way of being in it is, is wrong-headed. Like, it's just wrong. And it's still playing into that same power dynamic. Dynamic that doesn't help anybody. Like, and I will say, yes, I do think black women, they, women of color, it's the same. They're getting shot with a, a, a gun, but women in general are still getting, you know, stabbed. It's 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 all everyone's still getting hurt. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that right. There, there, there's. And, and so if if we're not careful, I, mean, I think we're more powerful when we bind together and we say, you know, let's not argue about who's getting hurt the most. We have to, because that's what they want. They want us to have the energy to to to, to uh, start going after e- e- each other as opposed to getting together and, and, and as one unit and, and going out and stopping the oppressor. Okay, so I'm going to try to pulse a few things together that have okay. occurred to me while you were talking, is that we talked about how both of us have to put things away and, and grew up putting things away in order to, parts of ourselves mm-hmm. away. And if you look at like the power and who has the most power, the people with the least power have to put the most parts of themselves away. Wow. And so... The dichotomy that happens when women of color call out white women on racism and women of color already had to put more of themselves away. Like there's no denying that. Oh, absolutely. And so asking them to put even more of themselves away to be to think that maybe if white women work out this sexism thing, then it'll trickle like it's trickle down equality or something. Mm -hmm. It's unreasonable. Like, it's unreasonable to ask women of color, you know, to, like, coddle white women so they don't start to feel bad. Yeah. So, I, I, and I'm going to say this. Man, they, they're strong. I mean, they do put away a lot mm-hmm. on a daily basis just to to go into work. And they, they deal with shit that we don't even yeah. think about. And they don't complain. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're working, you know, three times as hard and actually, I think a black woman did. She started the black a black woman actually started the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. From the, from yeah, the that's what I was right? trying to. 
but but it didn't it didn't get much traction when a black woman was right. Doing it. Is that that's what I was <laughs> yeah, wondering about yeah, earlier because I thought that was how it was. Yeah, it didn't it didn't get much traction until and, what's her face the exactly. And I think that's what that constantly <laughs> goes on. See, they're they're in the bat. They're already in the fringes and and uh, are drugs. It didn't in, in yeah. a black community. Uh, we we had this problem about uh, uh, they just wanted us to say no. We had crack running rampant in our communities. We had the filling stations were being converted to liquor stores. No one said a thing. Just you guys hang in there. Not, not nothing happened. <laughs> you guys hang in there. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden we've got meth, and that's affecting white households. And now it's like, oh, we shouldn't put them into jail. We need to have more care for people. This is an illness. This isn't a you know, this isn't a crime, mm-hmm. things, you, you understand what I'm saying? And it was the black women that were dealing with this stuff with their kids and the, it's entering into that, you, you follow me? It is, and now I'm thinking about like when I was younger and would think about drugs and alcohol and what's dangerous, what's not dangerous, and like what did I believe mm-hmm. at that time, I'm realizing that I could, I could have imagined it being totally reasonable not to punish someone, a, a white person, for uh, drunken driving because it was, you know, they probably had a problem oh, and wow. needed okay. rehab. But if a person of color was driving and they, the news said was using cocaine, then... Crack. It, cocaine. Well, I yeah, because yeah, okay, it would yeah, have been rich crack. people get away with cocaine. Yeah, they're usually white, but the, right, but that yeah, yeah, I I, I think <laughs> I'm of, just, I, I think it. of like white Wall Street people doing the yeah, cocaine, exactly. but, but but that I would have like my first thought would have been oh that's violent, yeah, because that's what I learned, and I would say even in social work school where we had classes on racism and we had to go join this group called Eracism that was super interesting. And I think it was a pretty powerful experience for me. But even with that, no one brought up discrepancies in mm-hmm. how we think, well, this drug, once you try it, you'll never go back because it's so awful and dangerous and will cause you to freak out and hurt people. You don't really get that narrative with alcohol and alcohol's totally connected with increased violence i mean yeah i think we're we're basically saying it doesn't it doesn't if it doesn't hit everyone's household it gets ignored if it doesn't hit white people's household there you go because that's really that's what you're putting like a little self of your way you're putting part of yourself away there yes that's that's right (laughs) but but you can say what you want to say i know i'm just (laughs) but you know i mean it's true and constant constantly that that has happened this and because I'd like to find out when she came up with that term, Me Too. How long ago was that? Was that a decade ago? So it had been going on a long time exactly. before the whole Me Too thing Jeez. made it to white suburban lady Facebook. Oh, man, man, oh, man, oh, man. We talked and we about... didn't even talk about some of the things on our list, so. No, we, we didn't. But we can keep this list uh, for our next segment, if you'd like. Yeah, I, I could take a break from from this, maybe... It's hard. Although this it? is interesting because you hard, kept saying, isn't it? you kept saying we've got to talk about sexism more, and I was like, Don, it's really important that we really focus about racism. Is what I kept thinking when you were saying that. I was like, No, no, no. I, I want this to be more about racism. And then 
we did it today. And I'm like, is this how you feel every week? Like, it's, 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 it's draining, isn't it? Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. But I, I mean, but the thing is, is that the things, the lessons that we talk about uh, when we're talking about, they, they cross over so much. Yeah. It's all about being oppressed. Yeah, it, it really is. is. Yeah. Whether you're a woman, whether you're black, whether you're gay, it's all about, I mean, that's, we're, we're dealing with the same kind of shit. We laugh about it, but everything that we talk about every week is heavy stuff. Yeah. And so we have to laugh about it or we'd be crying. Yeah, we'd, it would like pull us all the way down. Yeah. Humor is a very sophisticated defense mechanism, just right. so you know. Okay, yes. well, I'm very sophisticated then. <laughs> yes, you are. All right. All right. See ya. See ya. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of a Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKee, LCSW, was recorded on Sunday, November 3rd, 2019, and edited for this podcast by Kevin McKeese. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. You and your racist friend. Well, you have the fancy... Oh, is that already... Was that not an Apple phone? What do you mean? The phone you have. Yes, an Apple phone. My God. You already have the fancy new one? When'd you I mean, get that? It's just the same phone. It's got three cameras on it. I know. It's. Why does everybody... It's funny that everybody notices it. Like, they always Because you the pick same, it up and there's like and then there, three cameras. And then people are like, oh, you got the new staring. phone? Like, it's like a... Like, it's, <laughs> it's no different than the other... I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. It's the same damn phone to me. Do I, I might trade? as well have a 4S. No.